How you doing, folks? It's Mike Bouchard, host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is episode number 17, entitled School Shootings, What the Public Doesn't Know. During my career in the law enforcement field, I spent nine years working in the uh, inner school district as an SRO, 38 schools, 23,000 students, Uh, much different than the rural communities, even much different than the suburban communities. However, all within itself have issues with, always has issues with the possibility of school shootings. Or other critical incidents. Uh, just be aware that although the media focuses in on school shootings, there's other incidents that occur at the school that are could be just as <clears throat> critical, and we, we forget about those a lot of the time. Um, you know, so. But in this case, we're going to stick with school shootings. What, what we don't know, what the public really doesn't know, the first attack on a school was in 1791 uh, in Pennsylvania. The Lenape Indians were upset over something that was being done in one of the school systems. And what ended up happening was the the school was broken into while there were classes. And um, suffice it to say, the the school, um, I believe he was actually something like a director. I I don't think he was just a teacher, but for whatever case, uh, he and the students were were all uh, all murdered. So, you know, school shootings aren't a new and upcoming thing like the media wants you to believe it is. Um, as a matter of fact, the majority and the, and the largest fatalities and injuries occurred, believe it or not. In the mid 1800s to the uh, about 1930s. So, to believe that school shootings or critical incidents are something new or something trending, uh, that's not correct. I mean, I, I know the media wants you to believe that, but take it from somebody that's done a lot of research on on it. It's not. It's not the case. It's, um, what happened in 1991 at Columbine, and because of the rapid dissemination of information through the press, um, the world really got its first glimpse of school shootings. Uh, in somewhat very graphic, very graphic way. 
Um, you know, and that's kind of an issue uh, with which people don't realize sometimes. Um, I'm dimming this music down because it's actually getting to, starting to get on my nerves a little bit. Um, with that being said, so what the, what did we learn from Columbine? Actually, we learned a lot, believe it or not. And prior to Columbine, one of the biggest and largest school fatalities and injury was um, in Bath, uh, I believe it was Bath, either Bath, Michigan or Bath, Ohio, one or the other. Uh, one of the maintenance workers uh, believed that the Board of Education because of their needs for extra funding, the taxes in the town or district or county, whatever it was, uh, went up. And this was 1927. And what he did was he placed dynamite throughout the basement of the building and in his car, which was parked out in front. Um, When the students went into the school, all the uh, staff members were inside. Uh, he detonated the charge, uh, taking out half of the building. If you go online, you can see it. And then as people uh, came running out of the building, he set, he set, the, uh, set the car off. Now, why did he do this? Well, <clears throat> financially, he was having trouble. Um, he owned a farm. He was, he was having trouble uh, paying the bills, and he figured that the additional taxes on the property, he would either have to uh, foreclose on the property, um, and when the police eventually figured out that he was the uh, primary person of interest, they went to the house, they found him and his wife dead, uh, there was a sign there that says, uh, criminals aren't born they're, born, they're made, and I guess his thought process was that he wasn't born a criminal, but because of <clears throat> uh, human circumstance, business circumstances, or whatever you want to call it, um, that's why he did what he did. Um, is it justifiable? Absolutely not. You know it, I know it, but we can't um, put ourselves in the minds of people that are upset, disturbed, emotionally upset. Um, we're actually going to have a uh, an episode on uh, maybe psychological behavior. Maybe we'll do it right after this one. Um, but Columbine, here's one of my inherent problems with Columbine. Columbine, just like Virginia Tech, um, there were manifestos put out that the school was aware of. Uh, there was no action taken on the manifestos. <clears throat> the manifestos had descriptions of weapons, uh, explosive devices, so on and so forth. Um, Virginia Tech, the same, the same thing. The, the individual that was involved in that shooting uh, posted all over Facebook and uh, social media Pictures of him with guns, knives, axes, all kind of things that normally a, a college student um, 
wouldn't be folded with. And you can see by just the uh, physical attributes on his face that um, there were issues. Um, the issue I have with that was that the school psychologist was aware that this individual had psychological issues. Their rationale for not releasing this information was because of the HIPAA law. Okay, well, here's the problem. You know, you have to draw the line in the sand somewhere. When law enforcement comes knocking on your door for, you know, information, you know, it's not what's psychologically wrong with him. Like, we don't care if he's bipolar, schizophrenic, paranoid, whatever. I mean, it does help to know that, but that's not the main the main gist of this here. The, the main gist of this here is, does he possess a physical and real threat to student and staff on the campus? And obviously, he did. And if you saw the pictures, he did. Uh, why this information wasn't or hadn't been forwarded to the college's administration, dean, wherever you would send that stuff to. Um, I don't know. But in both cases, you know, Columbine and Virginia Tech, um, purely uh, preventable incidents. Uh, but it was the lack of, uh, lack of communication, as one would say, I, I suppose, and passing on uh, information to law enforcement or whoever needs to have it who can then uh, pass it on to law enforcement. Um, another misconception that the media wants to put out there is the simple fact that like I said, it's, it's new and now it's considered a terrorist act, but Third world countries have been using schools as targets as early as the 1960s. So this is not a new concept. It's not a new uh, philosophy. This is something that has crept its way into the United States, and it has manifested itself and become larger based on the information that's put out there by the media. And why do I say that? Well, think about it this way. You have a lot of people that are disturbed, a lot of people that are angry, a lot of people that are upset with their life in general. Sitting home, you know, just waiting for something to happen or some news break or something that's going to, you know, prove their point and get them attention or, or, or whatever it might be. And by the media consistently pumping out this type of information, you know, uh, and we'll, we, we will get into the, um, the Sandy Hook incident, uh, which I have my own uh, opinions about. Uh, I'm sure some people will agree, some people won't agree. I'm, I'm not here to... Um, you know, cause... any uh, misconception about what happened. It's just that the, the events after which happened were 
uh, need to be discussed because people don't understand um, motivating factors for suspects. And we'll get into that a little later. Columbine, what did Columbine do? Well, Columbines basically began the development of a modern-day SRO or school resource officer. Police officers in the school, patrolling the schools, specifically assigned to the schools. Uh, why would you do that? Well, because, you know, just like any cop, you can't take a cop from a big inner city and throw him into a rural community and expect him to immediately adapt and figure out what's going on. Um, you need somebody, you know, you need officers in the school who talk to the students, who talk to the staff on a consistent basis. They have to know the kids with issues, the kids that don't have issues, uh, the kids that have higher potential for committing crimes, you know, kids with mental health issues. You know, a lot of this has to be addressed. And the one problem we did have in there is the, you know, the school administration would attempt to use law enforcement as a disciplinarian tool, uh, you know, for, for things that were, you know, school policy violations. And, and police, we don't, we don't handle school policy violations. That's an administrative thing. That's the school administrative thing. That's not, that's not the police. We, we handle crimes and investigations, and, and that's what we do. We don't handle, uh, you know, school uh, disciplinary issues, which, you know, they wanted us to do. Um, and it's an, an unfortunate fact, a lot of uh, school resource officers, you know, throughout the last couple of decades have, you know, taken on the media's wrath because, uh, you, you know, the school administration wanted them to perform uh, law enforcement actions on things that weren't really law enforcement actions. They were just simple uh, school discipline issues, policy issues. Not, not, not police issues. But Columbine gave us a sense of security. Uh, camera systems were put in, inside, outside of the building. Officers were some inside, some just patrolled, depending on the size of the district. Uh, policies and were, uh, procedures were established for uh, how to handle critical incidents, including uh, school shootings. So... <clears throat> As tragic as Columbine was, it started a new era in law enforcement and school um, and school uh, safety, which actually up until you know, I'm not going to say up till even a little past uh, Sandy Hook worked very well. If you look at the statistics on the shootings, it, it dropped them in the United States it, down a lot. I mean. You know, some in almost single numbers, uh, which law enforcement really never experienced before. Uh, however, nowadays, and I will throw this one right in the right in the politicians' faces and the school administration's faces and everybody's face, is that nowadays, you know, like in Connecticut, it's 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 just absurd. This government in Connecticut, they're they're just out of control. Um, at one time, a juvenile used to be anybody 16 and under. Now it's all the way up to 17 and under, okay? Listen, by 16, 17, these, these kids know what they're doing. I mean, you don't you need to treat them like babies. Uh, you know, give them a soft little 
smack on a butt. Oh yeah, don't don't do that again, Johnny. It doesn't work. In Connecticut, as a matter of fact, and, and I'm going to give you an example, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of uh, most of the cops will agree with me, and the politicians won't, but I don't really care. Um, we have experienced now since these 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 laws were put in place that, and listen to this. They, they actually this is how this is how screwed up our the, the Connecticut government is. They wanted to make a juvenile at 21 and under. Wait a minute, you're an adult at 18. You can buy a firearm at 21. You can drink alcohol at 20. I mean, what are you thinking? You you know what's happening? They're trying to make a range, uh, an age range, and demographic so large that. Uh, and I don't know why. I mean, you know what it is? And I'll be honest with you. These people in the legislation have no clue what law enforcement's about. They've never done the job. They sit there. They watch the media, which is mostly bullshit anyway. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Um, they buffer stories to, to sell newspapers, media, whatever have you, radio shows, controversy, and all this crap. And I'm not good at any of that. Um But the, the key point is the legislation have no idea what law enforcement is. They have no idea what society would be like without law enforcement. It would be like Beirut. You know, you take your chance when you walk out of the door. And the, the problem with the juveniles is it's a, it's a, it's a it's somewhat of a complex problem because it, it's multidimensional. One of our other biggest problems is the denial and refusal generation. Um, and this, this is probably even started earlier than that, probably started in the 80s. All of these kids that were born, like after the 80s, their parents, oh, don't touch my kid. Oh, don't say this to my kid. My kid's a great kid. You know, it's... It, Denial to admit what your kids are doing, and this has this has a couple effects on the community. One, you're basically accepting and allowing your child to commit crimes. You know, you don't want your kid picked on. Well, you know what? Nothing for nothing. But if your kid's causing you know, out there going out there causing crimes and carrying guns and stuff like that, he should be bothered. You know? You know, actually, as a parent, you should be home teaching them the right and the wrong thing. You shouldn't be condoning it. You should be teaching them. And what I what I relate this to is them as children themselves, because they're younger, were never taught the right thing either. They weren't taught the right thing. Their parents were probably just, oh, yeah, do whatever you want. You're fine. And what do half of these people end up? They end up in jail. They end up shot on the street by other gang members, other juveniles. And these laws really started taking effect just a little after uh, Sandy Hook. And if there was any time not to start doing that kind of stuff, it was after Sandy Hook. But they did it because legislation wanted everybody to 
oh, we're the good guys, you know, we're watching out for your kids' bullshit. You're not watching out for your kids. Fund the schools. That's watching out for your kids. That's watching out for your kids. Setting up a system so that people that have criminal behavior can do what they want. You're, you're actually helping them fail in life. They're failing because of your stupid rules and your regulations and your, they're, they're failing. You know, and I, I ran into a couple of kids last night that, uh, you know, they had some issues when they were younger in school. You know, they're in their 30s now, but these were all people, kids that, you know, myself and a couple other officers took this, took to the side. We talked to them here and there. And, I mean, yeah, they got in trouble once in a while, but it wasn't anything big. And all these children, children, not children anymore, adults, <clears throat> will tell you, you know, if it wasn't for you, we would either be dead or in jail right now. So, you know, you're... you're child, your teenager having interaction with the police, you know, isn't always a bad thing. You know, having a school resource officer in the school isn't always a bad thing. It's actually much more productive than people want to believe it is. But the ones that don't want you to believe that are the ones that are condoning criminal behavior from their kid and, you know, that's not good because if the kid has an idea that if they commit a crime, they're always right then it advances to bigger crimes, bigger crimes, bigger crimes, and then they run into other criminals that are much more hardcore than they are, and it all goes, it all flies south from there. Um, but Columbine started the, all of the security measures that needed to be put in place so that the school system was safer. Locked doors, the lock-in, the lock-out, um, policies, the training the officers for active shooters, critical incidents, and, and critical incidents have, happen a lot, too. It just doesn't involve shooting. It, it, it can involve almost anything. Um, weather being one of the, set, one of the second most uh, critical things, uh, you know, I, and I, but I myself would kind of put that just a little bit under some type of uh, really bad mechanical failure, failure, electricity, heating, whatever you, you have that could, you know, seriously injure somebody. So, you know, Columbine set all this up. Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook was a, a, another preventable um, incident. But the, the, the default on that was the parent. Okay, I understand that the young man, Lanza, at the time had psychological issues. Okay, the parent was well aware of that. She knew. Um, yeah, the guns were stored in a, a safe, a gun safe. However, you do not give somebody that has behavioral issues... The combination to the gun safe or access to ammunition. You know, yeah, they may be fine 
you know, 23 hours of the day, but it's the 24th one. That's something may not process right in their, in their mind. And, you know, unfortunately that day, that's what happened. And her negligence got her killed. And it got a lot of uh, innocent people and children killed. There was no need for it. Because of her negligence, this is what occurred. And I'm just going to throw in a couple <clears throat> caveats into this. And this is where people are not going to like it. But the truth is the truth. So what do we do what did we do after this, okay? The parents go after all of these gun companies. Why? Because the media's, <clears throat> you know, uh, coined the phrase assault rifles. Everything's an assault rifle, you know. Um, it, could, it could fire one bullet as an assault rifle because it's what draws attention to people. But the core problem is you could sue the gun owners and all of this stuff who just manufacture the guns. I mean, just like a car, you know, Ford, Honda, they, they manufacture cars. And when a drunk driver kills somebody, why aren't, why aren't people suing the car companies that manufacture the car? You know why? Because one, it's not news, newsworthy. It's not news, newsworthy. I mean, nobody wants to see anyone hurt by a firearm, especially students in a school where they should be feel safe. <clears throat> but to solve, you know, solving the problem by suing the gun companies, suing this one, suing, that doesn't work. So even if you win, it doesn't work because you're cutting off the tip of the iceberg and expecting the Titanic not to sink when it hits it. Okay. Look at the core problem. What was the core problem here? It wasn't the manufacturing of the firearms. It wasn't this. It was a person with mental health issues that obviously were not under control. It was a parent's negligence. So, in turn, none of these gun companies were responsible for that. Just like car companies aren't responsible for people that, that speed down the highway and hit people, or drunk drivers get in their car and they hit people. You know, you got to get to the root core of the problem. Another big problem that I found with Sandy Hook was they continuously eared it. Not the, not the shooting, don't get me wrong, I'm not, not taking anything away from the tragedy of the shooting. But by continuously airing stuff like this, you are giving people ideas because you always have copycats sitting around. We get, I, I, perfect, I understand the tragedy of it. I know a parent who, whose son died in there. I understand it. I see what it does to the parents. I see what it does to the society and the, 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 the country and the culture in general. I understand that. Because I was part of one of those people that tried to prevent some of this stuff. Okay? Every day. Every day. So, don't think that I don't know what goes on. Don't think I'm unsympathetic. Think about what I do every day. I have to put a gun on 
every day and a bulletproof vest on every day so somebody doesn't kill me doing my job. So don't tell me I don't understand the issues. I understand the issues. All right? And part of the caveat here is that if you keep, if you continuously bombard people with information, terrorist attacks, shootings, this and that, you've got people out there, and you, you all know some of them, that are older, living with their parents, disgruntled at the world, they hate everybody because they can't get off their rear end and get a job or, or what, what, whatever it is, you know, <clears throat> and you're giving them ideas to take out on people. And what have they learned? They've learned that the biggest impact are schools because they're children. And make no mistake, Anybody that goes in to do something like that, whether it's a school, whether it's a business, regardless of what it is, they do not plan on coming out alive, okay? Just get that get that into your mind. They do not plan on getting there alive. As a matter of fact, there was a show, and I, I don't remember what it is, and I, 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 I should kick myself for that, but there is a show that is out there, and I ha- I'll, I'll have to research this somewhere. It actually teaches and shows and in about I think it's a two-part series for your children what to do in the event that an active shooter enters the school you know and here's another problem you know and I've noticed this a lot we used to do these drills the lock-in lock-out drills and no one would take it serious when I could walk by a school and look through the, wind, the door window and see a teacher on his laptop, that tells me two things if I'm a shooter. One, you're a target. Second, if you're in there, there's kids in there. Why would you do that? You know why? Because you don't take it serious. Get off your academic ass and start taking this shit serious. You know, I mean, really, it that's... That's that's you know that's what it, that's what it's about. I mean, you've got to understand that you know you can't learn to take it serious at the time it happens. You know, you you got to learn that you just can't take these things serious when this is happening. You have to be ready for this when it happens, just like your kids wandering around the hallways while you have a lock in and lock out. But to get back to what I was saying before I go on a rant, um, you know, no one that's an active shooter goes into school with the intent of coming out alive. That's what you have to know. You have to teach your, your child, your teenager that goes into a school in the event that that happens and they can't get out, that they need to be able to respond to this. You know, normally, you know, it's, you know, in a situation like that, they're going to corral all the kids into one part of the classroom. Usually when you're looking in the door, it's off to the left in the back where where, where active shooter couldn't see you. However, 
At the same time, what they need to do, you got desks, you got chairs, barricaded damn door. Barricaded damn door. And although this is against most school policies, if you're on the first floor and them damn windows open, get your ass out of that classroom because they, uh, uh, active shooter is not going to chase, run out of the building just to come after you. Get out of the building. I don't care if it's a side door. I don't care if it's a, uh, a window. I don't care what it is. Get out of the building. And in the event you get put in a situation where this person is walking down a hall and you're not too far away. If he drops a magazine or a clip out of that gun, do what you got to do. It doesn't matter. Do what you have to do. If he gets in that classroom and you have to bash him over the head with that fire extinguisher, laptop, computer, don't care what it is. Do what you got to do. You physically, seriously injuring him or killing him, honestly, it's traumatic. I get it. But it's, it's what needs to be done. And these teachers have to get, do the same thing. You know, when an incident like this happens, you have to, okay, so you're sheltered in place in that area. Look around. What are your tools? What are your tools to get out of here? If you got to get out of a first floor window, window, what can you throw to break that window and get the hell out of here? If somebody does get in, did you barricade the doors? Did somebody make sure that the door is locked? Just because you close the door doesn't automatically mean it's locked. Lock it. You know what I'm saying? Throw shit up against it. I don't care what it is. Filing cabinets, desks, doesn't matter. Because an active shooter does not plan on being in the building that long. He's not going to waste his time trying to break through all kind of uh, doors and chairs and all this shit to get through to you. He'll go to the next classroom. But you have to be, you know, really able to this. And one thing that, you know, I did an active shooting class, you know, and I tell parents, I said, you know what, parents, you know, active shooter classes isn't only for cops. You know, that's it. That's the entering. That's the searching. That's that's the suppression of the of the suspect. That's not your job, but your job is to know what goes on when something like happens. How should your student or your child react when that goes on? What are, are you teaching them anything like that? One of the one of the parents I when I bought him almost rolled on the ground. I said, you know what you do for five minutes. I want your kid to get on the laptop. They're always on a laptop. <clears throat> Listen to gunshots. And you say, well, well, why would I want to do that? I'm traumatizing my kid. You know what? Get your get your head out of your ass. If this happens, your kid needs to know what gunshots sound like. Why? Because that right when they hear it, they're going to react. If they're not sure because they don't hear it, they don't. They're not going to act. And that time is the critical time for them either get the hell out of the building or shelter themselves or hide. Look at Walmart. How many times Walmart people people walked into Walmart? The employees heard gunshots, but they weren't sure what gunshots were because they never sat down and really listened to what gunshots sounded like. You know, and it's a hell of a time to find you know figure out what a gunshot is when it's too too close to you, you can't get out of the way. 
you know, this is a, this is a, this is life or death. This is not a, um, you know, this is not a, well, the school, the, the school teachers or the school administration, they'll, they'll make sure my kid's safe. Are you kidding me? These, these, most of these, these, admitted, these people that teach in the schools come from either, come from the suburbs. They don't know what gunfire is. They don't know what it, what it sounds like. How are they going to protect your kids if they don't know what's going on? Think about that one. You know, this is, this is not a, a world of uh, everything goes as planned. Usually plans, throw those right out the window because like my, you know, it, plans don't, plans work to an extent. Or only to a point, and then you have to improvise. And how you improvise is is could be the matter of what happens to you. Hell, you gotta, you know that that suspect gets into that into that schoolroom. You may get one or two people, but if everybody jumps on him, he ain't going nowhere. In the hallway, he drops a magazine or a clip to reload. You got five seconds to, to 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 you know give him a beat down. That's what you better do. You know, and you don't worry about how bad it is because it's survival. It's not. It's not. It's not. You know, you're not playing uh, Pokemon or Pac-Man or whatever the heck these kids play nowadays. Or then when I was young, I don't know. <clears throat> you have to have a survival attitude. You know, and I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, parents out there rolling their eyes and jumping up and down. But let me tell you what, when it happens, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, it'll be too late. You have to react immediately. You don't have a choice. You have to come up with a game plan in your mind. If something happens, how am I getting the hell out of the building? Let your, let your kid look around when they're in school. Hey, look around the building. Like I tell my kid when you know he's in his last year of high school. Look around the building. Know where all the exit doors are. Know where all the doors you can barricade yourself. All the places you can hide if anything happens. And most of all, if you can get your ass out of that school if something happens, leave. I don't give a shit if you go through. I don't care if you go through an emergency door and the alarm goes off. Don't care about it. Okay. Do what you have to do. You have to kick out a freaking window, knock knock a door down to get out. That's what you do. Remove yourself from the scene. You know? Okay. So now that I went on that rant that I should have pro- probably went on, you get an idea of what's going on. You know, um, school shootings are very far. Uh, not media does not portray them for what they really are. They don't tell you that they've been around for a long time. I mean, think about the 1920, the 1800s, 1920s. You could buy guns for catalogs. You could buy guns for catalogs. They'd send them right to your house in the mail. So, um, the, one of the, one of the highest highest level of shootings, and the highest level of shootings isn't the right term, but 
the high one of the points of hiatus these shootings <clears throat> in the middle 1800s and you know up until about the 1930s so this is not a new topic this is not something that all of a sudden the media de- decided to you know this is nothing that's created by the media it's hampered by the media but it's not not what the media wants you to believe it is okay um, and I myself lost a couple of friends in school shootings. They just happen to be maintenance workers and happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, so it's not like I haven't been impacted by uh, school shootings. And working in the school system, I know that you know, you listen. I'm going to give you some FYI that you might or might not want to hear, but it, it doesn't matter to me. Just because there's metal detectors in the schools doesn't mean it's going to stop guns from getting in, into the schools. You have kids handing them through open windows, guns through open windows, stashing them outside somewhere near the school. Uh, Trading them off through the back doors. There's a, it's an estimated 250,000 guns go through the school system each year in the U.S. So and unfortunately, is it preventable? No, it's not. And anybody that tells you they can do something to prevent it, they can do something to maybe reduce the, the, the possibility but by no means can they prevent it. And now we have this insanity that's going on in the outside world where um, you know, and this, this is how bad it is, you know, and I, I just have to just wonder, you know, I know my generation is a lot different than this, this newer generations. Parents wanting to fight students. Because their kids getting bullied or picked on. Listen, I get it. I get the anguish. But but how reasonable or mature is that? You're a parent. You're going to go fight a teenager. Sometimes even elementary school students. I mean, what are you thinking? Or aren't you thinking? I don't know. Uh, parents driving their students to places where they can fight other students. I mean, has it come to the point where society has just become some so dumbfounded to the ways of the world that they don't know how to function anymore? You know, if your kid's having problems, the police take care of it or the school administration take care of it. You as a parent shouldn't be out there fist fighting with elementary school students or bringing your kids to fight other students. Because quite honestly, if I caught you bringing your student to fight another student, the DCF would be involved real fast. Department of Family and Services. (coughs) Because no parent 
would nor in a normal situation or a normal state of mind would do that. You know, and that's that's just how life is. I mean, you know. Students, children, teenagers learn by example. So if you're setting them a shitty-ass example, that's how they're going to act. And when they get in trouble, don't say, oh, Johnny was such a good kid. No, he wasn't. He learned from you. Okay? And yeah, am I, am I, am I a drill sergeant? Yeah, they, they, they call me a drill sergeant because, listen... I don't want to hear your whining. If you're instigating your child to be involved in violent acts or criminal acts, no, you don't get my sympathy. It's, it just doesn't happen that way. Um, I live in the real world. Okay. Um, but to kind of get back to, you know, the school shootings, these are things, unfortunately, nowadays you're going to have to really take into consideration. And with the turn of events, what's going on overseas with China, <coughs> Russia, uh, Al Qaeda, you know, now that now that this uh, senile guy we have for a president, just um, let Afghanistan get taken over by, I don't care what you want to call it, Marxist terrorists. Don't think that they have they have never forgot. You know, when we were over there and they have never forgot any of this. It's just time. They're waiting. You know, it's like a jack in the box that's just waiting to spring out. So don't think that things are gonna get easier and like I said, now you have a multi pro fascinating problem. You have countries overseas that don't like us. Okay? They've learned what our our soft spot is. Schools. You have people, domestic terrorists at home, waiting to make a name for themselves. You have our politicians making rules so that if a juvenile is involved in something, they're not held accountable for it. You have parents encouraging their kids to be be involved in criminal and violent acts. You have the perfect storm coming up. The perfect storm. So you need to figure out and you need to teach your kids what they need to do in the event that things go bad. It's just how it is, you know, and think about it with all this uncertainty in the world. You had 112 million people that never owned guns before go out and purchase guns. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a gun advocate. I'm a Second Amendment advocate. But the numbers are scary. And quite honestly, that many people with firearms, it's just a matter of time. You know, whether it's a school, whether it's civil unrest, you know, the government has, the government doesn't think about anything like that. 
you know, at least Trump's government, yeah, they lied about everything, but you know what, they were bullies about everything, yeah, but at least they understood this. They understood this. So, you know, this is something you have to take into consideration. You know, a school isn't a school like it was back in the 60s, 70s, even 80s. The dynamics have changed. And you have to change with it. You have to adapt. Your children have to adapt. They have to be more cognizant. The book goes on. So, at that I'm going to leave you because we've already been talking about this for 48 minutes. And I'm sure I'm probably pissed off a a whole bunch of people, but you know what? You better told the truth because the media lies to you. You know, just like these gun buybacks, a bunch of other bullshit these police departments do. Oh, we're going to buy back the guns. There ain't no criminal on the street going to sell you his gun he stole out of a a house. He's not giving you that shit back. You know what you're getting? You're getting these old guns that Grandpa from World War II left behind. There he wants that $100 Walmart coupon. Criminals aren't going to sell their gun back. That's a fake security blanket. You know? It's no different than metal detectors. The potential of them actually, you know, really preventing something is very limited. I mean, like I said, you pass guns through windows, hide it outside, open doors in the back, you know, Security starts with you, not the school staff. It starts with you and the way you and your your students, your children react when something bad happens. Security starts with you and never forget that. You know? So, I can't tell you how to, what to tell your kids but just don't let them become a, a self-made victim because they didn't know anything before they went into school. And at that note, like I always tell you at the end, when you're walking in a dark parking lot, a dark path in the woods, a dark street or a dark alleyway, you never know who's behind you, so just watch out, and I will see you the next episode. I'm not sure what that's going to be yet, but it'll be coming.